The Light FM presents Community Spotlight, a program designed to focus on what's important to you in your community. Now here's Braxton with today's Community Spotlight. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Glad you're here. Today we focus on Samaritan's Purse in Boone, North Carolina, and their ongoing support and work in Ukraine with the war that's happening there. Let's welcome our guest today. His name is Ken Isaacs. He is the Vice President of Programs and Government Relations for Samaritan's Purse. Ken, glad you're here. Thank you, Braxton. It's good to be with you. Absolutely. So tell me, you've been uh, kind of boots on the ground there in Ukraine most of the year. Give us an update of where the situation is right now. Well, the uh, I think the big storyline right now is um, in all the major cities uh, across Ukraine. And uh, uh, of course, People are going to be cold and uh, food is an issue. Medicine is an issue. So Samaritan's Purse has been uh, doing the very best that we can addressing those issues through uh, national church partners. And uh, we've got quite a network there, um, including the, uh, the Pentecostal Church, the Baptist Church, the Independence Churches, the Orthodox Church. And uh, we have focused all of our work, Braxton, right up on the warfront areas where people are the uh, most and, and worst affected. And we're doing everything that we do in Jesus' name. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, winter is kind of beginning here. How does that change what is happening with your efforts there? We did an assessment about uh, in July of 2,700 people. We had a questionnaire and we filled it out, had them fill it out. And uh, it was... 53% of them at that time told us they did not know how they would stay warm this winter. So that guided us to um, consider wood stoves and warm rooms. So, you know, you sort of have to imagine houses sort of standing, but maybe the sidewalls are gone or the roof shingles are gone because of concussion from missile blast. And uh, so that needs to be reconstructed, a wood stove on the inside. So we started thinking along those lines and uh, based off of other things that we've done in the world during conflicts. And uh, we've got uh, 6,000 wood stoves uh, either on hand or in the pipeline being manufactured. We've got teams of people and partners working up on the front lines, uh, drying in those houses and uh, getting them prepared uh, to be a warm room. Uh, we're also distributing blankets and coats. And we're just thinking about winter. How do you keep people warm? How do you keep people fed and, um, uh, and essential medicines that they need? So if you imagine this large network with about 2000 partners in it, a partner is a church, a church could have 10 people or maybe a hundred, you know, all different sizes, but they're going up to the front lines in the, in the red zone. And they're helping people who have no place to go or refuse to leave for whatever reason they're staying there. So uh, we're resourcing those partners and um, we're resourcing them with commodities that they can give to the beneficiaries. We are resourcing them with uh, fuel and vehicles uh, oftentimes. And then as uh, members of the body of Christ going there, they're not only able to share wood stoves or food, but they also are able to pray, to share Christ. People are very open to God right now. They typically are in times of crisis. And um, we want to do everything that we do in Jesus' name. We want to help in Jesus' name. We never hide that. And uh, it's the same in Ukraine today. 
Yeah, you know, you talk a lot about, in, in situations like this, supply and demand. The need, the demand is certainly there. So how have you been able to keep up with the growing need, um, your supply for resources, for people there physically? How have you been able to manage those things accordingly with what, you know, is coming in needs-wise? Well, when the war broke out, um, God abundantly uh, helped us uh, through donations of believers all across the United States. And uh, we're still spending that money. And that money has allowed us to ship enormous amounts of uh, food, and medicine. Uh, the, yesterday, um, we surpassed 100 million pounds of food that we have sent in. That's 46,500 metric tons. And not just sent it in, but we've distributed it. We've got a warehouse network set up. We have sent um, 37 DC-8 plane loads, most of them with medicine in, and that medicine has been distributed to about 120 hospitals, and that program is continuing on. Uh, so we had to set up procurement, and uh, one of the unique things about Ukraine is they produce a lot of food, but they produce it in a way that they ship it in bulk out of the country, and they don't process it in the country. They typically get their processed food uh, from a few plants in Ukraine, but most of it is bought back from Europe. But uh, we have worked with our vendors and been able to identify those facilities that are producing food in Ukraine. So we're right now uh, bringing in about a thousand tons a week of food, and about 80% of that is purchased in Ukraine. So, that, you know, that bit of it is stimulating the economy and that we get a better buy on the food there. But it, the trick is buying the food from where it is and getting it to where it's needed. Yeah. But we've only been able to do it through the provision of, of God and uh, people that are praying for us and are supporting us with uh, financial gifts. You know, Ken, you're talking about how God is moving in Ukraine uh, with the people there. How, in what ways have you been able to see that? In the early days of the war, um, uh, I, I landed in Poland uh, on the 27th of February. I crossed the border on the 28th into Ukraine, and there were literally uh, tens of thousands of people that, that first time that I crossed the border in line. Some of them had been, would wait up to 10 days before they were able to actually walk across the border. And uh, it was heartbreaking to see that kind of movement of people. And uh, one thing that sticks in my mind and always will is the fathers that I saw walk their families up to the border and kiss their wife and children goodbye and turn around to go back for the fight. But um, as far as the church goes, I, I've heard a very interesting report uh, that was given to one of our staff from a high level. I can't reveal it, but it was a a study that was done inside of Ukraine, and we were told that it is estimated by the Ukrainian government that by 2050, Protestantism would be the dominant religion in Ukraine. And that's just interesting to me to hear that coming from a secular source, um, because it aligns with uh, what I see as a growing interest in things of the kingdom of Christ, people coming to Christ, people wanting to be prayed for. We had um, one Ukrainian doctor that was working with us. One of our field hospitals still is working with us. And um, uh, on his second day there, he came and said, you know, I don't think this is right praying with people. Uh, 
And we said, well, that's okay, but you know, we're still going to do it. And we want them to know about Jesus. And he came back the very next day and his mind had totally changed. He said, I, not only do I think it's right, I think it's good mm. that you're doing this. So I don't know what God is doing in his heart, but uh, I, I do see the Lord um, opening doors for us. I see him opening doors for churches. I see him sending extraordinarily brave and courageous people forward to do extraordinarily dangerous things uh, to help people uh, because they're called to do it. So um, uh, that's not coincidence and it's not a happenstance. That's, uh, I think, of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, I mean, that's a specific prayer need right there that we could be praying for, for uh, God continue to move in his heart, uh, the leaders there in Ukraine. Uh, what are some other specifics that people listening now in the new year or um, they could be praying for or even, you know, volunteer or uh, donate, things like that? We happen to need trauma surgeons and we need anesthesiologists, nurse anesthetists. Um, and if, if anybody is interested in serving with us, I would encourage them to go to SamaritansPurse.org. It's all one word, no apostrophe. And look up DART, D-A-R-T, like a dartboard. And that stands for Disaster Assistance Response Team. So medical or non-medical personnel could go there and they could see where they might slot themselves in and they fill out a little application, go through a process. But um, uh, certainly we need people uh, to, to join our DART roster so that we've got a greater pool of people. I would ask uh, and express appreciation for financial support. I'm worried that as the war drags on, and I, I find it somewhat ironic that the wars that the United States got in went on, you know, 20 years, yeah. 10 years. What this, this war has gone on for nine months uh, in the American eye. And uh, it's going to take time to resolve it. It's very complex. It's very complicated. And uh, I think the Ukrainian people need the ongoing support of, um, of Americans and particularly Samaritan's Purse, I feel like, has been uniquely positioned inside of Ukraine uh, to be one of the leading agencies there. And, um, and we're doing that through, as I said, the body of Christ. And so I think that's a very unique thing. And I'm thankful that God is opening those doors for us. And then when it comes to prayer, uh, certainly I would ask for prayer for, you know, our staff and um, uh, the work that we do for wisdom, for discernment, where we go. Uh, how we respond, and uh, ultimately pray that Ukraine would find a way to have a peace with Russia. And I, I don't know what that is. That that's very complicated. But um, uh, the um, the strength of the Ukrainian people is is uh, very strong. Uh, you know, they're very um, patriotic, and they have a lot of resolve. And uh, even the Christians have a lot of resolve. And um, uh, so you've got two strong forces there. And, you know, I think that God needs to uh, be involved in whatever that solution is. And so prayer helps. And that's what I would ask for prayer for. Right, right. Well, we'll certainly be doing that, Ken. We uh, appreciate you sharing. Give us an update on um, what Samaritan's Purse is doing in Ukraine. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless you. All right. That's Ken Isaacs, Vice President of Programs and Government Relations for Samaritan's Purse. Thanks for listening today. You can also find previous episodes of Community Spotlight online at thelightfm.org or anytime on the Light FM app.
We hope you enjoyed today's Community Spotlight covering issues that matter to you in your community. If you have a suggestion for a future program, just call 800-330-9648. That's 800-330-9648. Be sure to join us next week for another Community Spotlight with Braxton on The Light FM.